And what hit me was, there's a scripture that says, unless you convert or turn and become as little children, you can't see the kingdom of God. Yeah, (laughs) don't ever grow up. But the thing is, he wants us to be so dependent on him. And he wants to just pour his love out through us. He loves us that much that you just, you're just like a little kid. Like, like the scripture says, <clears throat> have faith in God. Okay, Dad. <laughs> Trust me. Okay. Matter of fact, in the original Greek, it's interesting, the word in is not there. It literally, it could literally read, have God faith or the faith of God. And so your daddy is telling you, be like me. Be like me. Truly, I say to you, whoever says this mountain, he was pointing at a mountain. So if you can believe in your heart and say to that mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it'll happen. Whatever you ask in my name, instead of me, I'll do it. He loves us that much. But we have to be like him. We have to have that. He ends with, you know, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. Why did Jesus come to pay the price for every sin that was ever committed? For his forgiveness to pour through to planet earth and we're his vessels. He wants to pour his forgiveness, his love through us. He tells us over and over again, you know, forgive and fear not. 365 times in the word of God we're told, fear not, be anxious for nothing, don't be afraid. He's serious on that because fear, fear causes cancer. You know, there's all sorts of, science has proven that all, all the things that God tells us not to do, if we hold it on our heart, it affects us physically. It does. Unforgiveness and bitterness causes arthritis, causes heart diseases. And the, the commandments, and a it's not a list of rules and regulations that he's looking for us to follow. It's for our own benefit. If we obey him, the things, it's preventing us from hurting ourselves or hurting others. You know, don't steal. You can get in trouble. <laughs> the guy you steal from is going to beat your, beat your head in. But just to receive his love and, and the bitterness, the unforgiveness, he, get rid of it. That's what Jesus was like. He just forgave everybody. I mean, they were bringing people to him who were caught in sin. He says, yeah, okay, if you're without sin, throw a stone at her. Bless you. He wants to, we are his vessels. We're the ones he's going to pour his love out through and his glory out through. And the cleaner our heart, the more he can trust us with his power. Because if not, we're going to use it selfishly, we're going to use it self-centeredly, we're, we're going to hurt people, we're going to hurt ourselves. There's a lot, a lot of big-name preachers and everything have fallen because their hearts weren't cleaned out. A lot of people in the Bible. Solomon started off phenomenal, ended up down in the pit, got distracted, got his eyes off of God. So he wants to clean us up. He wants to clean us, he's got to clean us up. He's going to pour his glory. The Lord's been showing me for a while. He's going to pour his glory out through the church these last days like we've never seen it. 
So we've got to be pure. We've got to get the junk out of our hearts. The Lord's been showing me for a while, for a couple months, the extreme opposites between God and the devil. God is love. God is unconditional love. And his throne is the throne of grace, loving kindness, un- undeserved mercy, undeserved favor. And the exact opposite of that is the word devil means accuser, slanderer. And every once in a while, the Lord will hit me with, what's coming out of your mouth? Whose side are you on? Well, then I got to check. And, and so what am I putting into my heart? You know, what am I watching? <laughs> what am I watching on TV? What, am I, what websites am I going through? Are they critical? Are they judgmental? Are they being slanderous and everything? Get it out. The Lord showed me this. Think about this. He said, when Jesus was, on, was walking on the planet, Israel had been conquered by Rome. Rome was one of the most ungodly, heathenistic empires ever. They were outright sacrificing babies to demons. Immorality was rampant, including homosexuality and bestiality. Yet they conquered Israel. Israel had to obey Roman laws, pay taxes, tribute to Caesar. Yet the only remark Jesus ever made about Rome was, give to Caesar what is Caesar and to God what is God's. So why? Because the problem wasn't with Rome. The problem was with backslidden in Israel. He said the same thing in America. We got to clean up. We got to quit being judgmental against each other. And not just in the church, but I mean overall. There's, I forgot, something like, what were you saying, like 2,000-something denominations or 20,000 denominations? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So why is there so much division? What in me is dividing me from other people? What in me? And it's a constant check. It's a constant check. You know, just different attitudes. You know, I've shared this before, just driving down the street. If somebody cuts me off, <laughs> how dare they? Then all of a sudden it's, ouch, okay, dad. <laughs> you know, you get the smack on the side of your head. You know, why do you have that attitude? What in me, what in me is, is not pure towards him? Surrender it. Be like a little child. Dad, forgive me. You know, and a lot of us, we didn't have that, that kind of a father upbringing, but he is. He wants us to come to him. He wants to clean us up. Again, he wants, these rules and regulations are for our own good. He doesn't want us to go through the, the hell that we're going to go through when we mess up. And if we do start messing up, come right back to him. I heard a message a few years ago, and I, and I love the saying. He said, you know, God, he knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. He knew every mistake that we were ever going to make, and he factored our stupidity into our destiny. <laughs> you know, he knew I was supposed to go right, I, but I went left instead, and he knew I was going to go there, so he's going to meet me there, and he's going to bring me back around and get me back on track. So he, he wants, and he wants us to come and ask him for stuff. He wants us to. Peter. <laughs> and he's given us authority 
I don't think he's awake. Anyways, all right. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came up to his apostles. This is after, after he rose from the dead, and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. So here's the question. If all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus, how much authority does the devil have? Nothing, unless we give it to him, unless we allow him to have it. And to the degree that he's got authority in us, he's got a hook in us, is where we're going to give it to him. So he's got to clean us up. And he's doing it. He is. I'm, I, I, I get emails, I'm on different things about the, just the intercession and how God is moving. The church in China is growing faster than anywhere on the planet. And they're praying for Americans to get persecuted because we're so weak. We have to go through stuff. If our, if our faith isn't pressure, put pressured on, it's ever going to develop. I heard this years ago that, that just our faith is like our spiritual muscles. That just as we, our muscles naturally grow... From time we're little kids to big kids, not adults, big kids, <clears throat> that, you know, they're just going to grow naturally. But in order to develop them, they've got to be put under pressure. You've got to lift the weights. You've got you've to run. You've got to put your, your leg muscles under that pressure to develop them. So if they're, if we're not, if they're not being put under pressure in any way, and we as Ameri- me as people, but Americans, we so want to run away from, from any pressure... We want to avoid it at all costs. And God, a lot of times, he'll bring stuff to us to see what's in us, to show us what's in us. If we ask him for something, he says, I'll, I'll do it. But there is nowhere, and I looked it up, I dug in and dug in, there is nowhere where, where you can ask him the timing on it. And one of my favorite Steel City Church testimonies on that is... Pastor Dan's son, Zach. <laughs> About a year ago, there was a red Mustang convertible in the car lot across the street. And Zach saw his name all over it. He wanted it so bad. But then his father pointed out a, I guess a spiritual principle, because it applies to believers and non-believers. He said, Zachy, you're only nine years old. You wouldn't be able to drive it for seven years anyways. <laughs> you know, but how many of us are like that? We ask him for something. He might want us to have it. But it's like, okay, I've got to develop it. He might, you, we might ask him for something big, but it's like, okay, but you're not ready for it just yet. You know, let, let, let's go through some stuff. Let's draw you closer to me. You know, if, if you have faith and doubt not. Okay, what in you is doubting me? Okay, come on, let's, let's keep your focus on me. Quit getting distracted. You know, draw close to me. That's what, put the word of God in us. We, we need to be putting the word of God in, into us. Not in our heads, but into our hearts. You know, the only people in the Bible who went to, a, just throw, who went to any kind of a theological school were scribes and Pharisees. But his word got into the hearts of, of fishermen, farmers, tax collector. And it changed them. And we were talking about this last night at Hope Night. Even when you mess up, Peter messed up big time. Peter had a mouth on him. 
<laughs> I ain't going to deny you. Uh-uh, everybody else will deny you. I ain't going to deny you. And then he denied him three times. Do you imagine going through that? I mean, can you imagine putting yourself, I'm being Peter, like, I didn't think I was, and all of a sudden he's like, what did I mess up? But he's one of the greatest apostles. You know, he, God used him in so many ways. And this, I, I love this, the Bible, Paul, the apostle Paul, who had all the degrees and everything like that, and he said all that being a Pharisee was just dung, just rubbish, compared to knowing Christ and him crucified. He who, I mean, when you get all, if, you know, if you're brilliant and all that stuff, he was, he was the apostle to the Gentiles, to the folks who didn't know anything about the Bible, about the Word of God. And Peter was the apostle to the Jews, so he had to confront the religious folks. And religion doesn't like miracles. They don't like miracles. I mean, Jesus is working miracles, and they wanted to stone him. He raised Lazarus from the dead, and they said, let's kill them both. Said, yeah, right. <laughs> but step out in faith as little kids. When I was a baby Christian, I got saved in 87. I'm on a missionary trip to China um, in the 89. We're on the plane. We're heading over to Taiwan. And they're announcing on the plane that <clears throat> there's a hurricane coming straight at, at the city we're going to be landing in. And so we prayed against it. So we land, and we get there, and the, uh, all the busboys and everything at the hotel are all saying, you're going to have to cancel your meeting. Hurricane coming. And we said, no, 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 we prayed it away. No, like looking at us like, you arrogant Americans, you know. You don't pray hurricanes away, dude. So the next morning we woke up, and they're all looking at us funny because the hurricane just went like this, went out the ocean, dissipated. And hurricanes don't do that. Like, hmm. So I'm learning stuff. So I go to, uh, so at the end, they're preaching, the, 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 this one Chinese lady is preaching and everything, and at the end of the service is, you know, we're handing out Bibles. At the end, we're just off to the side just talking. Again, I'm a baby. I don't know nothing. All of a sudden, this Chinese woman comes up to us going, mmm, mmm. like, whoa, she's got a nasty headache. All right, all right, let's pray for her headache. So do we just <clears throat> bow our heads, put our hands on her shoulder, and like, Lord, just come against this headache pain in the name of Jesus. And whatever else we're saying. And, and then at the end, we just finished. We just said, Lord, thank you for healing our sister. And as soon as we said, thank you for healing her, she starts jumping up and going crazy. I mean, she's flipping out. And we don't know what's going on. All these people are running over, like, what's happening? What's happening? We're like, we didn't do nothing. Honest, all we did was pray for a headache. We have no idea what's going on out there. Turns out her deaf ears popped open. You know, that's what this was all about. But it was her faith. They had a booth in front of, the, of where the preaching was going on with a whole bunch of deaf folks and they had sign language people there. <clears throat> Part of the message was where Jesus says <clears throat> in Mark 16, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. You'll lay your hands on the sick and they'll recover. So it was her faith, believing what Jesus said, that if she could find somebody who believed in his name to lay hands on her, she'd get healed. And while we were coming against a headache pain, we were missing it. As soon as we said, thank you for healing her, our words connected with her faith and healing came. So step out. He wants us to do that. He wants to, he wants to show his glory and he wants to use it through us. 
Like Pastor Dan keeps saying, just, that's nobody. Lackawanna. <laughs> you know? It's an inside joke. We're not Beverly Hills. Yeah, I, I don't know. Really? <laughs> so he wants to use ordinary people like that, like us. He wants to. So that he gets the glory for it. You know, so it's like, hey, no, it's not me. So what are you asking him for? He said, ask anything. <laughs> I guess we're not getting... <laughs> Here's Mark 14. He's asking, do you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I'm saying to you, I'm not speaking on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me, he does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Truly, truly, or most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I will do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, that that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you ask anything in my name, it's in his name. And at one time I was reading one of those verses and he said, in my stead, instead of me, you ask. That's what we're here for. So what do you need? What's your need? What do you see a need in others? Do they need healing? You know, do we need to pray storms? I've prayed a lot of blizzards away. <laughs> We'd be getting hit with some snow, and all of a sudden we'll get another one supposed to come right on top of it, and it's like, no, in the name of Jesus, no. And you learn. Again, we're like little kids, so he's going to be teaching us. You, you take out little steps, little steps, little steps, and, and he, he loves it. I mean, you know, he's, he's a big daddy. We're just little kids. I mean, he loves it. Come on, kid. Yeah, come on. Okay. What if I pray for somebody? Okay. What if they don't get healed? What if they do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, Dad. Come on, let's go. Are we really there? Do we really love him like that, like a little kid? That's, the word repentance means to have a change of mindset, to change the way you think. So quit thinking like an adult. <laughs> I mean, really, an adult will, will analyze and, well, you know, all this other stuff. A little kid will just say, okay, Dad. I had a friend. <clears throat> he was, when I first met him, he was a baby Christian. His body was on like a half body cast. His shoulders all busted up and everything. <clears throat> so we just started talking about Jesus. I just started pouring God's love into him. So when he gets his body cast off, <clears throat> his doctor says to him, you're never going to be able to lift your arms up any higher than this. And he said, what, like this? And the doctor, he says, you can't do that. He said, I can't do what? I can't do this? He says, yeah, but you don't understand the mechanics of your body. I mean, this isn't supposed to be happening. How are you doing this? He said, me and my buddy have been praying, Jesus, heal me. <laughs> then a little while later, he called me up one time. He said, dude, they just took an MRI. They found an aneurysm on my brain. They, they say it's serious. They're rushing me to a specialist right now. I need you there praying. So all the way there, I'm just praying in tongues. I'm just praying in spirit. Just I get there. He was already in the back room. 
So I'm sitting, I'm just flipping through some magazine. I'm not reading it, but I'm just praying in the spirit. And finally, I'm there about 45 minutes, and I walk up. I said, so how long is he going to be? And the nurse says, he's going to be a while. He's got three other doctors back there. All right, I got to go. So I'm just, thank you for healing him. The reason he had three other doctors back there was because the aneurysm wasn't there. And aneurysm don't just dissolve or disappear. So he's like, am I missing it? Am I not seeing it somewhere? But our faith has to be in him. This, he also, one time, the Lord told him, no more, this friend of mine, no more surgeries. You depend on me. Depend on me, not the doctors. All right. So he called me out two days later. He said, I'm going to have a surgery. And I'm going to be, he had this, his back surgery. It's only like a 2% chance of it being success, successful. He said, I'm going to have a surgery, and I'm going to be walking with it 24 hours. I said, I thought God told you no more surgery. He said, yep. I said, so you're going to disobey him, and he's going to heal you? I said, yep. My faith is there. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I don't work like that. But So he has a surgery, and, and he's not answering my phone because he's not getting back to me. <clears throat> so when he finally did, about two weeks later, I said, dude, what's going on with you? He said, the surgery went bad. They hit something in the back. He said, I'm, they're gonna, I'm not, never going to be able to walk again. I'm going to be in a wheelchair the rest of my life. So I tried to commit suicide. I said, that's pretty arrogant of you. He said, what? I said, oh, things didn't go like you planned. I mean, he told you no surgeries. You did it anyways. And so you're going to check out and leave your, you leave your wife with three kids. Nice guy. <laughs> so he, oh. but you got to know him. I mean, he's stubborn. Some men are like that. None of us, you know, but... <laughs> So he repented, and within like about two or three weeks, he's walking a walker. A couple weeks later, he's walking with a cane. At the end of two months, he's walking without anything. Four months later, he's playing tennis with the kids. Totally healed. God's a good God. He factors our stupidity into our destiny. He loves us more than we can realize. So the more you surrender to his love, Perfect love casts out all fear. It drives it out. It throws it out. The more his love we get in us, the less fear, the less anxiety we're going to have. And if we have fear, and this is, I mean, I've been, we all go through stuff. I've been having all this anxiety. It's like finally I had to just stop. Lord, why do I have this? What in me is not trusting you? You know, what in me is not trusting you? If we got any kind of fear... If we've got any kind of unforgiveness or bitterness or resentment or, or if we're critical or judgmental, like accusing, slandering, what in me is, why? What in me has to change, Lord? What in me do I have to give over to you? I know you love me. Come on, you know, show me. Sometimes it's a process. Sometimes it happens instantly. But he loves us that much and he wants us to be so, so loud to him. He wants, we're his vessels. People see us, whether, they real, whether we realize it or not, people are watching us. And if they know you're, we're going through hell and we can still have peace about it, that speaks to because the world needs peace and the world needs joy. It does. And we're his vessels.
In his presence is the fullness of joy. So if he's inside of us, we need to realize we're taking that with him, with us wherever we go. You know, he is the Prince of Peace. He's living inside of us. If we're lacking that, okay, God, there's something in me that needs to change. And the more we change, the more, the more and, and the more quickly our, our prayers are going to be answered. They just will. But he's got to develop us. When, when I first got saved, I was getting, matter of fact, I, I shared this a while ago. <clears throat> I heard a message that he bore every sickness, every sickness on his body on the tree and by his stripes were healed. So every time any kind of a flu, cold, symptom, any pain, anything that I'd break, I would just pray for my healing and inst- either instantly or within 24 hours I was healed. And then one time, I'm not healed. Two days, three days, I'm still sick. I was a baby. <laughs> so I said, you don't love me anymore. <laughs> and he said, oh, that's as deep as your faith goes? It doesn't happen, if it doesn't happen instantly, if it doesn't happen within three days, you don't even think I love you anymore. Like, well, I'm sorry. But what was he doing? He was stretching me. Okay, if I don't get it immediately, what's the world? I want what I want and I want it now. That's not the way his kingdom works. You know, so if I'm asking him and I'm not getting it right now, do I still trust? Do I still believe? 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 My, one of my favorite people in the Bible is Caleb. <clears throat> Caleb, Josh, and like 10 other dudes went in. You know, God said, I'm giving you this promised land. Go take it. That was his promise. I'm giving it to you. Go take it. So the 12 spies go in. <clears throat> 10 of them said, <laughs> can't take it. We're like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we can't beat those dudes. And Joshua and Caleb are like, no, we can do it. But the rest of the team said no. So the, everybody else said, okay, we're going to agree with that. <clears throat> Forty-five years later, Caleb says, <laughs> give me my mountain. <laughs> you know, that was mine. I got their problems. I'm still as strong as I was 45 years. He was 85 years old. But give me, my pro- give me what God promised me. And I was sharing this last night. One of, the word Caleb means dog. It means dog. And it, just, yeah, it reminds me of a pit bull. He left, locked his jaws in that promise and he wasn't letting go. But another thing, sometimes it's not us. But sometimes, God sees the bigger picture. Sometimes there's other people involved in us, in us getting the promises and everything. Or how, you know, because he might want to bless you financially in such a way it's going to blow people away, but other people, I mean if, if you won, what was the $700 million, whatever the, the jackpot was, you imagine the people come out of the, the woodwork to come after you, hey, can you loan me a million or so? And he might not want you to give that person some money because they got some issues. So a lot of times the blessings might not come because, not because of you, but this is where the more you fall in love with him the more you realize, and it's like, okay, God, you see the big picture, I don't. So hallelujah. And there are people getting antsy to go in a hot tub. (laughs) So Father, I thank you for today. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are drawing us closer and closer and closer to you than we've ever been before, Lord. 
Father, I thank you for showing us the, where we're missing it so that we can get out of our heart, Lord, and, and just be pure vessels of yours to pour your glory and to pour your authority out through us. In Jesus' name, amen.